We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Be sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash veteransminimum, where for $1 a month, you could get all the episodes a little bit earlier than it goes out on the main feed. For $5 a month, you could join our Discord where we're always just shooting the shit. And then there's another tier, another couple of tiers, I should say, where there's some fun stuff on there. We're also going to start doing some daily morning questions where members of the Patreon are going to be sending in questions and I'll be answering them. And then whenever there is not a question in particular or whatnot, I might just shoot the shit about something that's on my mind. So definitely check that out. That's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And all your contributions are going towards building the brand. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and is ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Feels like it's a special event, special occasion, because my guy, A-double-L-E-N, is in the building. Oh, man. I'm in a very good mood right now. No more <laughs> no more Zoom calls, no more interruptions. What's good, bro? How well, you living? By the way, what happened? I keep asking people this. What happened to Skype? Skype used to be my favorite thing, and then when the pandemic started, everyone started going to Zoom. I'm like, how? So... I have a big issue. I was just on a podcast recently and I had to do a Skype call. Shout out to the boys over at Top Rope Nation. And yo, Skype, I had to put money in. 
Oh my! Really? Yeah, dude. I had to Damn, because they dropped the ball then. because the conversation was over an hour, oh. and then it ran out. I probably got hustled. That's what I really think yeah. it was. Because Zoom's only forty minutes, which I don't really like. But I guess well, that's the business side of it. I mean, for future for future things, if you ever need a Zoom thing, I I have it. So you know, I pay for for the show cheap plug. So you can fucking use that all you want. There we go. You know, what's mine is yours. You're fucking oh. using the new mic. Hey. I, I haven't even used it yet. <laughs> oh, this is debut. Yeah, oh, it's debut. You popped its cherry, oh, bastard. Go. Dude, but how you holding up with everything, man? Uh, much better, obviously, with the whole man, the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I'm very encouraged by the progression with that. But you know, just seeing some of the police brutality videos, it's hard, especially that late. I think it was late May. Like seeing videos that we live both live in New York. Seeing what's going on in the Barclays Center. Some of those videos really get me. We both have close friends that are cops. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just like, obviously, we're pro protesting, obviously, not looting, but pro protesting. But at the same time, it's like, we don't want our friends to get injured too. Yeah. Because they're not abusing their power like certain other cops. But yeah, that hit, obviously hit us both of us deeply. But right now, I think we're slowly progressing, even though there's still work to be done. I do, I know it's a whole touchy thing with Roger Goodell right now, but I do like that at least they admitted they were wrong. Yeah. So that was encouraging to see. Well, you know why, yeah. right? Well, it was pressured. Yeah. Well, that, and I also think that, um, I think it's because the players did that video. And I also think, most importantly, it's because Pat Mahomes spoke up. And right now, if you look at the NFL, he's the golden goose of the league. He's the guy that is the future of the league. He's the best player in the league. And he's the face of the league. Mm-hmm. So when he comes out and he makes a stand like that and is in that video with Saquon and Michael Thomas and DeAndre Cleveland Hopkins. wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. all these players are in there. Even reports came out, multiple sources, that Goodell and league executives were like, we need to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And it's the same stuff that used to happen with with MJ now on a different level, but I'm saying like the impact that MJ had on the league, LeBron James now too, Pat Beverly came out and was like, yo, if LeBron says we're hooping, we're all hooping. So I think it was Pat Mahomes, man. I think Pat Mahomes got the sauce right now. Well, I think also they brought all these players together though. Cause you need more, obviously Pat Mahomes is a huge figure, but you need that unity. And of course, yeah. of course, but it was, and I think it's a lot of pressure on the owners as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how they handled the whole Kaepernick thing, mm-hmm. which... 2017 was a disaster. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, just the, the, those first, what, six, eight weeks, it was just a lot of tension, just, you know, how they were just trying to eliminate the whole peaceful protesting. It just, I, they couldn't have handled it wrong. But, I don't know, I just think maybe the slow steps, they're going the right direction, but time will tell come September. That's it, but... You know, I'm just glad, like, if we were recording a few weeks ago, it would have been rough because yeah. it was really down. But now, slow encouraging. And you know, it looks like football is going to be happening this year. Do you think yeah, so? I think it's kind of building up that way. I'm not saying 100%, but, you know, through all, you know, I know the coaches are slowly going back in the facilities. You know, now I think it's just a matter of training camp. That's that's what they got to start building up. Do you think there'll be fans at the no, stadiums? No, no. no, right? I don't think so. Okay, so yeah. that's a that's a great... It's a great point you make there because I do think that's going to impact a lot of teams if they don't have the luxury of having the home crowd. How many games? Shit, you see it twice a year with the Saints. I mean, you see it all the times as a as a fan of a team who plays in that division. 
how many times do the Saints win games in the Superdome just because they're playing in the Superdome and how rowdy of a crowd that is. Mm-hmm. You look at Seattle, you look at Minnesota. Ravens. The Ravens also, Kansas City, New England, right. uh, Green Bay, the list goes on and on. Then on the flip side, teams like Jacksonville and, and Chargers. Chargers are like, Chargers. no, this is great. Chargers funny. in particular. It was funny, Melvin Gordon actually came out and said, well, I'm used to playing in front of no fans. Yeah. Hey, Denver's one of the better areas. I know they've struggled the last four years, but Denver has quietly a really good home field advantage. Since 1990, I just stayed at a 32 for 32 mm-hmm. on the Broncos. I don't want to flex like I knew yeah. this off the top of my head, but since 1990, the Broncos at home in September are 50 and 11 straight up in games. And one of the big reasons why, and it's a big reason why, I remember last year I took them to cover at home as a dog against the Bears week two. Mm-hmm. That was when Von Miller got that. Uh, it was either Chubb or Von Miller got that rough in the passer on Trubisky, Ooh, which was I like think a that was super, barely Chubb, yeah. It was like a super like, oh, I don't know about that Ooh. call. That was like the first game where people were like, I don't think Trubisky's good. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. But going back to that record, it's because the high altitude in September – yeah. Right. Teams are still coming fresh out of training camp, out of preseason. You're not really in game shape like you would like to be. Especially in the trenches. And when it comes September early on, those first four weeks, they have a great record. So teams like that, I think, are going to be deeply affected by that. True. So, all right, man. Look, uh, the catching up is over. The honeymoon stage is over. Let's get into it, dude. Um, we got divisions that break down. Yeah, division breakdown. We've done it in the past for those of you that are new. This is something we do to help us talk about football throughout the dog days of summer, which now all the days have been that way too. But luckily yeah. for us, we've had the UFC, right? Which is soccer is nice. coming back in full fruition. Soccer, yeah. Premier League in two days. Can't the believe. this would have been day three of the Euro Cup. Uh, let's not talk. You know, uh, England Croatia was supposed to be yesterday, man. Oh uh, man, heroes come back. What a what a bar fight. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna be doing today, obviously, it's about the NFC East. Uh, division that I know pretty, pretty well. We're going to give you the biggest addition, subtraction, X factor, and storyline. Now, you could get creative with it. Alan hasn't shown me his list. I blew my load early and I showed him my list, but he didn't give me. So I'm curious to see what Alan has and then what I have, and then we'll go back and forth. So are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. All right. I'll lead, I'll lead us off. The biggest addition in the NFC East, in my opinion, Darius Slay. No question. So, for obvious reasons, I think for about eight weeks last year, we were just cutting ass on the secondary for the Eagles being so bad and just pulling guys left and right off the street. As a DFS player, I was taking all wide receivers starting against them. In your fantasy leagues, you were starting anyone who was playing against them. We dedicated at least five minutes on episode for the Eagles to make a trade at the trade deadline for a corner, whether it be Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Pearson, and just nothing could happen. Yeah, I know you were disappointed because Roseman always comes out with these crazy trades and always seems to land a a guy out of nowhere, too. Hasn't always worked. Golden Tate kind of was a disaster, but... Philly's known for making those aggressive, savvy moves and didn't really come about last year. I, I don't think they want to get rid of a first-round pick. That was the problem because I think you got to get look what the Rams did, traded for Ramsey and then Howie Roseman's like, uh, don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame him from that perspective too, but you bring in Darius Slay, all-pro corner, coming over from Detroit. Uh, a key thing with him, I think he's going to be rejuvenated 
and refocus because he goes on a team now that's a contender. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. He's gonna feel respected. A lot of reports coming out. Him and Matt Patricia did not see eye. Matt Patricia would kind of demean him, talking about, "Oh, you're not one of the top caliber corners." I don't know how true is it, but Slay talked about how Patricia, a lot like most veterans, just wasn't a fan of him. You know, Matt Patricia is not a liked figure in Detroit, so he got now got to play with Doug Peterson, who was probably one of the more enjoyable coaches to be around with across the league. So that's a positive. And Jim Schwartz has that real aggressive mm-hmm. defense, so he's on an island a lot. But I think Slay's used to it by now. I think he's going to benefit from that defensive scheme that they have in Philly. They like to generate pressure. They'll keep him out there on the island. A lot of good wide receivers in that division. Giants got some good ones. Washington got um, Scary Terry. Cowboys, obviously, now. They get C.D. Lamb also, so that's another weapon. When healthy, I feel like Amari Cooper always lights up the Eagles since he's been there. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know he wasn't healthy for the the division decider, but I, I just recall Cooper just killing double moves, whether it be Jalen Mills or Ron Darby, whoever it may be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jalen Jalen Mills last year came back from injury, and that was like such a big addition for the Eagles, yeah. and he's also a guy who's really, really suspect. Big addition. But I think when you look at that division and you look at some of the offenses and some of the receivers in particular, and then you look at the NFC, there's a lot of big-name wide receivers that the Eagles are going to have to play, and you need a corner. It was a position that was a huge need for you. And again, there's something to be said about players that go from shitty teams to good teams and contenders. I I made this analogy way back in the day in the MLB when Justin Verlander went to the Astros. I was like, yo, I was telling boss, I'm telling Tim, dude, this guy is an ace. It's just that he's been with Detroit all these years and they've been, oh, wow, Detroit, common theme. I didn't even think about that until now. That poor city. (laughs) But it's like, yo, if you play for a shitty-ass team all those years, then all of a sudden you go on a team that's projected, if you look at the win total and you look at their odds to make the playoffs, to be a playoff team, I think you're going to be have a little more like juice in your step. Exactly. So I think for me, Darius Slay going over to the Eagles is, is my biggest addition in the NFC East. Right. Like, I like the Eagles for the fact they also brought in Javon Hargrave, who's going to be another big addition across the defense line. Pair him with Fletcher Cox, that's huge. But I just think talent and need-wise, it has to be Darius Slay for, you know, for the NFC East. Another thing you have to consider, they lost Malcolm Jenkins, who was a big commanding presence back there. So now you bring Slay in, he's another big presence, so he could at least provide leadership. Because that Philly defense, well, secondary, I should say, was just so disorganized last year. And you saw so many coverage breakdowns. Like I remember the, uh, Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs, they were in a slump. Played the Eagles. Against yeah. the Eagles. Falcons got destroyed week one by Minnesota. Week two, you see Ridley and Julio do whatever they want. Like, And there's probably three or four other examples. that you Dude, even uh, Darius Slay. Slayton, sorry, Slayton. Slayton got him, yeah. Like uh, that Monday Night Football right. game, he, he really was put on the map in that game, and that's because yeah. it was the get right spot, right? And mm-hmm. in, in DFS and fantasy football, which you is would crazy say, to say about Eagles defense, man, because they're always among the best in the league. Or, but they or, were devastated yeah. at corner. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple of years that they've been banged up yeah. at corner. Dar- too. Darby was a disaster. Uh, who's Sidney Jones is just too slow. We talk about well, that's Jones. a guy that got hurt coming out of college yeah, too. He never really recovered. So they've they've been trying. Now you get someone that established. I think. That's what you, whenever you, a team has like a long flaw, it's just at some point, it's like, look, we need to make an aggressive move. We need to address this. And that's why I really like this move because it's been like that for years. Even when they won the Super Bowl, that secondary was suspect. It's just they were riding on that crazy front four. And I think now it's just, 
they can't rely on it as much because you also have to take into account Fletcher Cox is for 30 years old, Brandon Graham. Like these are their two main staples. They're both getting older, even though Derek Barnett's really good. And I know Javon Hargrave is going to have a big year. They just need at least someone that's secondary you could depend on and slays that guy. So yeah, I love the move, especially when it came. It's just, it's classic Philly. What do you got for an addition? Or was it Slay also? It has to be Slay. Slay? Yeah, I feel you on that. It, it, I, I think so. I think so for sure. For me, subtraction, I'm going to go to the offensive line for the Cowboys. Frederick retires. You look at the splits with him the last couple of years when he was in and out of the lineups, how much it would hurt Zeke in particular of the offensive pieces there. And there's a dude who, you remember on draft day, they got laughed at for taking him in the first round just because it's not. When you take an interior lineman, it's not very popular unless it's someone like Quinn Nelson. Yeah, yeah. And and even then, people are like, oh, a guard. You know, it's not it's not an exciting position. But I think that's a big hole. You know, what happens to teams, man, is you you have this unit. And I talk about this all the time because I experienced it. Two different units over two different times in my life as a Giants fan. You have a great offensive line. We always talk about the Cowboys O-line. And then all of a sudden, those guys get old. Those guys retire. Those guys leave town. Mm-hmm. And then also you got to start paying all these guys. Amari Cooper. You still haven't paid Dak yet. You pay Zeke. You pay the linebacker. Before you know it, these offensive linemen are going to want to get paid. They get hurt. They get injured. They move on. Like and then Tyron Smith's been battling a lot of back issues over the years. Yeah, dude, what was the guy on the Falcons? Adrian Claiborne, man. What do you have, 19 sacks in that he, game? He was just cross-chopping everyone, man. Classic OCU Manora move. God oh, almighty, man. I remember that. That was one of the biggest onslaughts I've ever seen in my life. And this, that just epitomizes J, uh, Jason Garrett as just a coach, coordinator, however you want to phrase Jason Garrett. Just the lack of adjustments. Like, they never even bother chipping. It's like, okay, we're going to leave Chaz Green here and then Byron Bell, and it didn't even matter. Dude, I remember that so vividly. It was great. Just constant, just beat down. And and Buck and Aikman were on the call, and Aikman was just flabbergasted. That's what happens, man, with the offensive line. When you don't address that, when you have a, a, a unit like that that's been so good, and then you don't waste assets on addressing those positions, eventually they just fall apart. And that's a big hole over there for, for Dak and the Cowboys. So I think for me, that's a big subtraction there. That's a great pick. I'm going to go with Byron Jones, mm. especially when we look at that secondary. Yeah. At least the offensive line, they still have some great pieces there. Zach Moore and Tyron Smith, you know, they're getting the job done. Lyle Collins is finally starting to come in his zone. He was very raw coming out, but I like what he's doing there. The offensive line should still be fine. That was, I think the big concern besides the coaching would probably be the secondary mm. and losing someone as versatile as Byron Jones, someone that could you know, cover. He's known for covering slot receivers, but he also could hang on the outside. He's kind of like the NFC version of Chris Harris. You could use him in a variety of different ways. And for him to be gone, I think it's a big loss. I think it's something that Dallas fans were not happy about. But considering the money that Miami had, they couldn't do anything about it. But that's a huge loss. I thought he had a really good year. At first, when he came to the league, no one knew what his position was. Because I remember they used him at safety at one point, but he was kind of undersized, covering tight ends. Now he finds his place at corner, and he was great last year. And for them to lose him, they didn't really replace him either. They rely a lot on their younger talent. I think it's a big concern. So for me, it's Byron Jones. Dallas did it to themselves also. Mm-hmm. It's not that they didn't want to keep him. They just have no money. All their money's tied up. And you still don't know what's going to happen with Dak. I don't think Dak ultimately holds out because it is a position that historically the quarterback doesn't hold out. It's the leadership position. You're the team captain mm-hmm. for the most part. You're the most important piece on the offense, mm-hmm. on the team. 
So I don't think he's going to hold out, but it's also you got to have some money for him too. So when Miami comes knocking, Byron Jones is like, shit, I might not get a better offer. Kind of like what Miami's doing too. Yeah. We'll get to them in a future episode, but all right, two two Cowboys then. We picked two Cowboys for when some look, When you look at the other teams, like who have they really lost? Like maybe Malcolm Jenkins of Philly, but other than that, like I don't yeah. think the Giants or Redskins really lost anything. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Speaking of which, nice little segue into my biggest storyline. If you thought I wasn't going to talk about Daniel Jones, then you must be crazy. All right. Okay, not only Daniel Jones, though, because I don't want to sound like a homer. I'm going to talk about both second-year quarterbacks going into their second year. Dwayne Haskins in Washington, looking slim. Josh sending me pictures and videos of, you know, it's summer workout season. Oh, I'm in the best shape of my life. How many times have you heard that? That's a Roto World classic. Oh, yeah, best shape. Dude. You want to hear a classic story? Next time you see my buddy Danny, tall Danny, okay, say CJ Spiller. Okay, he's gonna lose his mind because he the used, report. You a big name. <laughs> so the report from Roto World came out right before our fantasy draft, and it was when Rex Ryan was the head coach in Buffalo, and he's oh. like, "We're gonna feed him the ball until he throws up." Danny took him like fifth overall in our fantasy league and completely shit the bed. I thought they had LaShawn McCoy, no? No, the, those, this those, was the, a CJ Spiller. It had to have been Rex Ryan because I remember it was a Rex Ryan quote. So that's like 2015 or 16. It's around yeah. there, dude. But it was a it was a quote where... It's, no, CJ Spiller used to be like a like a rising star. So it might it might have been Doug McDermott then? No, not no. Doug McDermott. Who's the other guy? Um, Chad Gailey? Uh, dude, no, no. Buffalo's oh, coaches. Doug Marone. Oh, that's yeah. what I think it was. <laughs> but anyway, it was a coach, and that was a report. And Danny took him. <laughs> they were going to feed him the ball until he threw up. It was a complete bust. Guy was out the league after two seasons. Salute to Royal World. Oh, man. Yeah. So going back to that, Josh sends me all these videos of fucking Dwayne Haskins working out. It's like best shape ever. He's throwing routes to all these guys. But, you know, it's a big year for him. It's a big year because next year – there's a couple of quarterbacks that are coming out. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, Justin Fields coming out. You know, there's going to be some random ass dude that like emerges, which is always the case, like right? Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker yeah. Mayfield. Daniel Jones also came out of nowhere, too. So, Kyler Murray also, bless you. Okay. Kyler Murray also was a guy who wasn't really the number one overall pick. It just so happened. So, Dwayne Haskins in Washington, Daniel Jones with the Giants, second years. Both are going to have new head coaches coming in. A very unique time for coaches not being able to do the proper OTAs and the mini camps and shit. But also, these are first-year coaches with their new teams, right? Like Ron Rivera has been around the block. But there's also a new team, new system, new city, new players. Mm -hmm. Joe Judge, we don't know what's up with him. Jury's still out. He hasn't had a legit team practice yet. 
So I think when you're looking at these two quarterbacks, it's a big year for them. You've seen a, a trend of second-year quarterbacks taking the leap into the next level. Lamar Jackson last year wins the MVP year two. Pat Mahomes year two, first year as a starter, wins MVP. Let's go back a couple of years prior, Carson Wentz. Year two, they go on that run. He's minus 400 going into that game against the Rams to win MVP. Mm-hmm. Basically a lock. It was week 15 or 14, 14. around there. Then he blows out his, his knee, and then Brady won the MVP that year. So there's something about the second-year quarterback that emerges in his second year and makes noise. And if you're looking at these two teams who, look, their win totals are 6.5 and, and 7.5 and in Vegas. They're not expecting much from these that's, two teams. That's pretty generous. And I think I kind of like some of the weapons that these guys have. Um more so, I'm going to talk about the Giants. The Giants, on paper, per 40-yard dash times, they have the fastest offense in the NFL. Having, having Ingram must have been a big bonus. <laughs> having Ingram, Slayton. Yeah. You have uh, Saquon Barkley also. You know, Tate and Shepard aren't slow. Uh, They're not Tyree Kill. Because everyone, think about it. Everyone always talks about how fast. Because you have Hill and Hardman. In, uh, right, in right. And even Sammy Watkins, like, right. what, 4-3-1? Right. But... You're right. It does it does help to have Evan Ingram. But man, I really do think that the Giants offense, more so than Washington, have a chance to be a fun offense, an explosive offense. Oh, they got playmakers. They have a lot yeah, of playmakers. Dude, I know the on paper thing sucks, but if you look at the names that they have, four wide receiver sets that you could split out Ingram mm-hmm. and then you have Saquon in the backfield. I know. I wonder what Jason Garrett's gonna do. I wonder what he's gonna do. I wonder if this fucking legend Daniel Jones is not going to turn the ball over two times a game two two turnovers a game he had two turnovers a game major fumbling problem last four games of the season though he had like an 18 touchdown to seven interception ratio but he also had like he was injured one of those games yeah but he also had like nine yeah yeah, that's when Eli came back and then I think Eli's 117 and 117 as a starter (laughs) but dude Daniel Jones man if he could take care of the football you know Andrew Thomas let's see if they address that offensive line it's much improved from what it was three years ago I think there's some hope for these two teams to at least what you want going into this season is you want to see that those two guys are the answer at your position all right Mm -hmm. Baltimore's like we're chilling Mm -hmm. Kansas City, obviously chilling. But that second-year quarterback, especially how it's turned out for some teams, for me, that's the biggest storyline in the NFC East. For me, it has to be involves Mike McCarthy. Mm. Will he elevate Dallas? Dallas has a Super Bowl-caliber roster. I know they have issues in secondary, but that roster is loaded, and they severely underachieved. And you look at a couple of those games, lost against Minnesota, lost against New England. Uh, even the Eagles game, they lost some games where they should have won. Oh, the Jets! You know, mentioned the Jets oh loss. Oh my god! Like, these are like they win two or three of those games. They're in the playoffs, and I think they would have been a threat. But they had obviously look. Jason Garrett's a complete liability. But I'm not totally convinced by Mike McCarthy. I know he's taking a step. He's being more analytically savvy. Uh, that's what the reports are coming out. There's been a couple of stories on him. But you know how he brings this roster together. I do think Dallas is quietly at a Good offseason, all things considered. I know they've lost a couple of obviously huge pieces, but I do like the fact that they're bringing veterans like Gerald McCoy, Dontari Poe, Hawklin, Dix. Like, okay, maybe they're not quite the level they were two, three years ago, but these are still capable contributors. So I just want to see what he could do, obviously, with Dak and just how much defense 
can they stay afloat? Because uh, that's a big question there. Because I don't see why Dallas State can't be either th- top three, top four NFC t- team. Because I do think they're better than Philly. It's just a matter of you know the coaching. That's what it comes down to. I don't know what to make of Dallas. Every time I talk about them, I'm a hater. So take that with a grain of salt. I hate the Eagles more than any team in my entire life, and I bet them to win the Super Bowl last year. So when you call me a hater, just understand that I well, like you to think, talk about Dallas. Like, well, no, but I like yeah. to think that yo last year I predicted them going eight and eight on the money. I know it's not saying much because Cowboys yeah. and the Jason Garrett. Like when yeah, you think yeah, of them, yeah. it's eight and eight. Right. But you know, I I do think also I think their offense is going to be. Just as stacked. It should be top five. It should be a phenomenal yeah. offense. I still don't understand the disrespect for Michael Gallup. Every team preview that I've seen, it shows Dak, Zeke, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb. It's like, dude, he had 1,100 yards. Oh, he'll get – when he goes signs with a new team in a year or two, he'll get, he'll get promoted. Green Bay? Green yeah. Bay? They don't care about receivers. They don't care about <laughs> receivers. But, yo, you seem to be not as concerned as I am about their defense. Well, their defense is average. Like I think that's kind of the case. But they still got players like Demarcus Lawrence. I know he's coming off a down year, but he's still someone that causes havoc. If Vanderush stays healthy, he does thing. And I don't know, Jalen Smith's coming off a pretty bad year. It's they don't have a lot, but I don't know. Like they're one of the better drafted teams. Like you know, they, know they do. They do talent. draft well. So I'm expecting a couple of players to emerge, and with the veterans they bring in. And hey, people can make fun of me if they get any contributions from. Randy Gregory, Alan Smith. Oh, my God. I'm going to be so excited to see that. Alan Smith, the redemption story. You want them to get something out of guys that haven't been in the league in the last four years? Oh, Randy Gregory, he was in the league maybe. Oh, t- t- two years ago. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Show some respect. But, uh, yeah, no, the defense looks a little iffy. But, look, in that division, like, I don't know. Like Redskins offense, iffy. Until Daniel Jones improves, Giants offense, the question mark. So I think they could coast by and maybe we'll get more to Philly. But that offense kind of is looking for identity. So if there's a division where the defense could afford to be below average to average, I think it's this one. How much do you think the CD Lamb pick was also to spite Philly? Maybe a little bit, but I think just a town on board like that, I think they just had to make it happen. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't. A player of his caliber, it's like you got to make the move. Right. At that point, you take best player available. Atlanta got a lot of heat for passing up on him. People are saying, oh, Falcons should have just done it. And I was like, ah, maybe. I don't know. They had a lot more. Like Atlanta has a lot more pressing needs than Dallas. I think Dallas, they still like, like a woozy. I don't think he's a bad player. He's not number one, but I think he competes out there. I don't really like Anthony Brown, but. Anthony Brown sucks. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Shout out to Ahmed. Anytime Anthony Brown would line up on like Odell or any wide receiver in the entire league, it's food. I don't get it. I don't know, but give out a lot of shout outs to our boys on this fight. Yeah, we <laughs> got him, man. I, yeah. Dude, I'm mad excited that I find it. You're like the nah. I've seen the last couple of weeks. I've gone to Josh's crib, but okay. besides that, bro, I've, mm, I haven't been out. I've been bro, playing bro. Call of Duty like an asshole yeah. for fucking three months. <laughs> but all right, I'm a little concerned with Dallas, though. I I do think that it's. It's a big year for them, man. They they are really invested on going all in. And also, I think with the question marks of Dak, Dak's going to want to get paid. So you know he's going to be fired up. But then how much of that is going to weigh on him too? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see. I think the team, which is going to go into uh, my biggest X factor, it got to be the health of the Eagles. And I know right before we started recording, for the members of the Patreon, you guys are hearing this the day 
that it happened, but they've already gotten hit by the injury bug. Torn Achilles, Brandon Brooks, one of the true soldiers on it. Him and Lane Johnson, that right side, they just destroy people. So now he's going to be out for the year. And I think it was Carson Wentz. I tweeted this out the other day. It was a, he had such a great season for the Eagles. And it's just mind boggling how good of a season it was with what he had to deal with. Greg Ward is his wide receiver. This dude was a college quarterback. He was in the AFL, I think. Carson Wentz in a season where practically only running backs and tight ends. This is from Thomas RP 93, Thomas Peterson. He's from uh, Philadelphia um, Sports Nation. Um, Franchise completion record 388. Franchise passing yards record 4,039. Only QB in history with three straight games of 30 completions and no interceptions. Longest active streak of games with touchdown pass in the NFL at 19. Alshon Jeffrey, the human corpse of wide receivers. Man, I used to love Alshon. Deshaun, he's good when he's healthy. I still want to believe in him. He's, not, he's just not there. Deshaun Jackson goes apeshit week one, gets hurt against the Falcons. Yeah. That entire roster, entire offense takes a hit. Don't look the same. Aguilar really dips. I know Aguilar has always been iffy, but I thought he was slowly getting better. But last year, there's a reason why he didn't get re-signed. It's, yeah, Aguilar yeah. with the drops against the Falcons. Yeah. The drop, a lot of dropsies for them. Yeah, bad one against Dallas. Or he didn't lay out when he should have. Or Sega Whiteside was like everyone's fantasy darling. And it's like, well, this guy was a late-round pick for a reason. Couldn't separate. And it was just a lot. You know, like uh, Hollins was filling in also. Uh, the best player on their offense was probably like Dallas Goddard. Outside of like Zach Zach Ertz. And then it wasn't until later in the year that they got production out of Miles Sanders. And then you look at that playoff game against Seattle, Wentz gets hurt in the first quarter. So it's like the health of this team is just just out of control. It was just getting banged up left and right, left and right. At one point, Boston Scott was getting 20 carries in the backfield. He's a playmaker. (laughs) He is. He is a playmaker. But that's not a guy that you want to feed the ball 20 times. He's 5'10 touches. Yeah, exactly. He's a scat back, a Darren Sproles kind of player. Mm -hmm. Shit, even Sproles got hurt, too. You know, so you just, and we talked about the injuries for the secondary. So I think if you're the Eagles, your main concern is you got to try to keep these dudes healthy as best as you can because you you have a. Winning culture in Philadelphia, you have a, a great, I can't even say the home crowd now because we don't know if there's going to be one, but I do think that you're still a team that I'm very, very high on. They got a strong locker room too. Like you you just, you rarely see things kind of fall apart. Even when things, they, they have a two, three game losing streak, but you don't see the players really turn on each other. Yeah, I just think what Doug Pearson's built over there. Really, he's done a real phenomenal job. I'm sticking with Philly for X Factor, but I'm just gonna. I just want to know what their offense is gonna be like because mm. we didn't mention Jalen Hurts, but what is that gonna do? Like, how much is Doug Pearson gonna look to like create those gadget plays for him? Because it seems like he's gonna be a big part of the offense. But how? Well, much? if you spend the second round pick on him, yeah. I would assume so. And I'm like, I know why you want to have a security blanket, well, not security blanket, but backup option. Because look, Carson Wentz, injury history is there. But I just I wonder about their identity. I wonder how Jeffrey's gonna look. Is Deshaun Jackson can he play sixteen games? It's just I wanna know what their offense is gonna look like because it was such a disaster last year. Like Wentz, he was just running for his life at times, and not to mention the offensive line was injured. Just are they gonna be? Because Doug Pearson's one of the better play callers in the league by far. But 
I just want to know maybe they, Miles Sanders takes more of an enhanced role. Maybe they'll use more play action. Like I just want to know what that offense is going to look like when 100% because we saw that offense one game healthy last year. So I just want to know what their offense is going to be like because I, I have a pretty good idea that defense is going to bring it. They usually do. It's now I think what's going to determine if Philly is going to be a playoff team is their offense. I'm looking at their depth chart. Oh, wow. They got Marquise Goodwin. He's a burner. That's about it. Maybe to replace Deshaun Jackson if he gets hurt. Probably yeah. kind of do the same things. Deshaun is definitely the better wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at their uh, wide receiver core right they now. They need a deep, Rieger, deep threat. Rieger that they drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know much about him. I do know that he's from TCU. And the last TCU wide receiver that went in the first round was Dotson. Dachson yeah. to Washington. And, you know, he was out the league. He's the jump ball receiver. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. I'm curious to see what their offense is going to look like. You spend if you if you take someone in the first, second, or third round, you want them to be a part of your game plan, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how successful teams work. And then anything after that, it's like it's a gem. It's a it's a diamond in the rough kind of play. So I'm curious to see. Also, they have a great mind and Peterson still over there. So I think this division could be interesting. Do you? you last thing I'll ask you. Is it a two two team race? Yeah. You don't see either of the teams making noise. G- Giants defense, I don't know what's there. There's like, a lot of questions. Huge marks. liabilities and Washington, it's just too discombobulated. I do like their defensive line, but you know how, what's that going to do when you're going to be down double digits a lot of games? And I, I am a Ron Rivera guy, but it's just Washington that's going to take a two three year job. What's what's the absolute ceiling you see for those teams? What, what we're talking about Washington and the Giants? Yeah. Six wins. Because I just think Philly and Dallas, th- those two teams right there, they could be like, I would even say second or third best. Because I think right now, the best NFC team, I think you just have to give it to San, San Francisco on principle. But who knows? Maybe Dallas, Philly, they could surpass the New Orleans. Because, look, New Orleans, there, no one knows what to make of New Orleans right now after what's happened in mm-hmm. the past few weeks. So. But I think Dallas and Philly both are two teams that should have Super Bowl aspirations. I don't disagree with you. I just know that there there are a lot of question marks with those teams, and in particular with the Giants, as a Giants fan. There's a lot of things I'm excited about, and there's a lot of things I have no idea what I'm what I'm gonna expect and see. I just don't. I just don't know. I know what their ceiling could be. I like to think what their ceiling could be. But also the floor, we've seen it. <laughs> 12 wins in the last three seasons. So let's wait and see. Fill us in. Tell us who you guys think are the biggest storylines for the NFC East. Alan, it was a pleasure, my friend. Where can they find you? Yo, tell us about this bracket thing you're doing with... um. Oh, my boy Aaron Freeman. Yeah. So you find me on Twitter, Alan underscore Sturk. That's A-L-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. So right now, hopping back on my Locked On Network, Locked On Podcast Network, excuse me. Uh, we're doing like this 16 person tournament where from 2004 to 2019 we're doing like matchups every because it's altogether it's 15 matchups so we wanted to do 15 years i should say 2004 to 2018 i always i'm terrible at math so <laughs> we're we're doing where we're dedicating a year we're starting out like the non-playoff years for the falcons so we got through that so now we're doing second round court finals is uh playoff years then conference championship is the semis, and then 2016, the glorious year, 
we won't talk about the ending but uh that's the finals so yeah it's just like five questions per person we're getting like all the but coolest figures in Atlanta's sports media. We're not just sticking with Falcons media. We've got some people from the Hawks, people from the Braves. So it's just a cool thing I wanted to put together. And just things kind of want to do during the offseason just to bring people together because, you know, you want to talk about city that's gotten hit the past month, probably Atlanta. Mm. Atlanta has been really hit hard with the, you know, riots and just, you know, some police brutality has gone on there. So just to bring more, you know, just bring more positivity because I would say of all the, like fan bases right now, Falcons are probably top three most jaded. Like there is not a lot of encouraging things coming out of Atlanta right now. So we would try to bring some fun and excitement. So we do we're doing trivia five questions per people. I've moved on to the second round. Aaron actually got eliminated by my old boss Dave Choate. So it's really cool. Oh, I actually beat Chuck in the first round, former guest, our boy Charles McDonald. So uh yeah, it's been cool, right? It's just been a fun thing we've been doing. But now Going to court finals, I got the 2010 season. So this is when, do you remember, because you're obviously a quarterback guy, do you remember when the Falcons played the Packers in the playoffs where Aaron Rodgers just, he had more touchdowns than incompletions? I do remember that game. They won like 48 to 21. So yeah. I got that year going to the court finals. And I'll never forget, because people forget the Falcons went 13-3 that year. They yeah. were the number one seed. They were, yeah. And this was Green Bay Super Bowl year. Green Bay was a wild card team. Yeah, and Rodgers just came to the Georgia Dome. <laughs> Dude, they didn't punt once. It was just an onset. The only time they lost was because Greg Jennings got stripped on like a slant route. Other than that, they did not punt. It was like one of the most dominant games. So going back in time, going through the Vic years, now Matt Ryan years, you know, 2007. Oh, boy, we had to go through that year. That was a rough one. But, yeah, it's been fun. It's been cool getting back to podcasting because, you know, we've been doing this. And now we're locked on. It's it's because Atlanta's kind of like my roots. So getting back into that, it's been awesome. How much Julio talk? Well, we've been doing a lot of losing years, and it's been a lot of, like the early. So this is like Vic years, uh-huh. Joey Harrington, Byron Leftwich year, and uh, there's been a couple of Matt Ryan earlier years. But it's been some Julio talk. But you know, a lot of the be- Lance best years Julio's been on the team. So yeah, love that guy. It's the man, Mount right St. Julio, baby. Yeah. Every week, all in. Yeah, Dude. Well, you drafted. What did you say? A second round this year for fantasy? Yeah. I would say so. Right. Because right now, was it? I got to go Thomas Adams and then. Thomas Adams, yeah. I think yeah. Hopkins falls a little bit. I love Hopkins, but that situation. Man, I don't know. I kind of like him over there. I like him over there, but I'm not sure if he's getting the targets. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Watson did have just, you know, lock in on him. And you got, you got to look into targets, man. That's why Thomas and Adams, those are the two right there. Yeah, you're right. Damn, Devontae Adams just flies under the radar so Yeah, injured, which should help. Yeah, like, <laughs> By the way, we had mentioned he that first half, another team, the Eagles got this. Remember that first half on the Thursday night? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, Adams had like 160. Yeah, he had like 15 targets. In the <laughs> and then he hurt his hamstring, and that's what pretty much won the Eagles the game. Yo, hot take. You know who might be a first-round wide receiver this year? Tyreek Hill. I could see it. It's just not just targets with him. And just can't see also blows out teams. That's true, so but a lot of it happens because of him. Right, it's just you're gonna get a dud or two. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he duds, he duds bad. Right, but he's 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 found that happy medium where it's like, you know, in the early years of Tyreek, he was the ultimate GPP player in, mm. in daily fantasy, where, you know, either two for forty yards or eight for one sixty and two touchdowns, and he probably houses a pun too. I like Tyreek Hill, uh-huh. but you're right. I, I think it'd be Thomas and Adams. Um, then I got to go Julio. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, back to Aaron Rodgers real quick before we sign off. Apex Aaron Rodgers is 2010 to 2013. That run that he had. Remember the year after they win the Super Bowl. They yeah, 15-1 wins MVP. Yeah. And then even 2012 and, and 2013, you're talking about playoff losses, right? When they lost to Seattle too. Damn. You know, you're talking about that was that was the apex for Aaron Rodgers. Like when I think of when I think of Brady, I think 07 to like 2011 is is the peak Brady years, you know, the 50 touchdowns right. with, with Moss. Him but, and Jordy just in the red zone. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Everywhere, red zone only back yeah, shoulders and right. shit. They're, they're the ones that made that a thing. I never knew yeah. what a back shoulder was. Like that actually became a route that they were running. Right. Crazy. Those were fun. If you guys ever want to watch highlights of Aaron Rodgers, uh, Apex, look up those years at the Lame Shows where you can find me at Veterans Minimum. Where you can find everything for this show. Shout out to all the members of the Patreon. Also, go to iTunes and leave us a rate and review. If we get to four hundred ratings. I'm going to give out a VM merch bundle. I got to give you a new hat, by the way. I got some over there. You can just pick out. You know, I'm not, you know I'm not a hat guy. I know. Unless it's the winner when I get the buzz cover. Yeah, right yeah. now, I'm going like, I'm trying to do like a Samoa Joe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. You think you got it. I got it for real. You think you got it. I got it for real. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.